Hey there, this is John, and I want to take a quick minute to let you guys know about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You don't even have to do anything. Your podcast will be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more listening platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the show. You are now entering Armbar Audio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Armbar Audio. I'm your host, Tim Farley, and next to me is my trusted companion, John Kearns. What's up, everybody? Today we have a new format of show. It is Fans Bring the Topics, like Fans Bring the Weapons. Uh, You guys send in topics or questions, and we answer them here. We'll be doing this sporadically. Uh, We have 6 and 60 and Best of the Month. So, we're kind of, we've got like three different types of shows now. Isn't that awesome, John? It is very awesome. It's something that I've wanted to get done for a while, but just couldn't ever really think about what those shows would be. So, I'm glad that we're finding our footing here. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, there were 14 questions asked, and we will address them all. And, um... The first one, who uh, comes from someone called the Nerdy Mark, I think his name's Siddharth Saram. Something like that. Something like that. And what did he ask, John? He asks, should Darby Allen be the next TNT champion? If yes, why? If not, who do you think it should be? Would you like to answer first or shall I? I will go first. I think, yes, Darby Allen should be the next TNT champion. And it should happen at full gear in his scheduled match against Cody Rhodes. The reason I think this is because I believe that winning the TNT title is what will finally make everyone realize that Darby Allen is the first big breakout star for AEW. Um... The argument could be made that it should be Hangman Page, but I think Darby is already that guy. I think Darby Allen is going to be their big star, at least as far as Dynamite's concerned. So I think he should win the TNT title. To answer the question, no, I don't think he should be the next TNT champion. Um... Most of the TNT Championship matches have been made as a challenge by the challenger or the person who's holding the title saying, choosing who they want to fight next. This was a just an announcement on Dynamite and begs the question, 
what did Darby Allen do to get that title shot? Uh, he's been in a feud with Taz, Taz's team, and you know, been going back and forth with Ricky Starks. So I'm, I'm kind of confused about it. Um, that said, we did see on Dynamite Orange Cassidy bring Cody to a draw. Cody won the title back a week ago against Brody in a dog collar match. We also saw in his match against Orange Cassidy this week, the Dark Order was at ringside. So I don't think Brody's done with Cody. And Orange Cassidy is getting a shot at the TNT title before full gear. What I think should happen is that Brody comes out, ruins that match, and just decimates Cody. Then at full gear, we get a four-way match. Darby Allen hits his spots. Everyone goes wild. Everyone loves Darby. Brody and Cody are in a blood feud. And somehow Orange Cassidy ends up winning the title. From there, you could have Ricky Starks or Darby or whoever go against Orange Cassidy. But this way, it moves Brody and Cody out of the picture, but keeps them in a blood feud. Um, and that's that's what I think, Sid. Good question. Relevant question. <clears throat> Let's see here. Our next question comes from Craig, a.k.a. Damien24 on Instagram. Favorite conspiracy? <sighs> My favorite conspiracy in wrestling history is one that I find hilarious. Um... A lot of people within the business and outside of it said that Macho Man Randy Savage was sent out of WWE because he allegedly had intercourse with a young Stephanie McMahon. I don't know the timeline. I don't know how old Stephanie would have been. But I think it's hysterical because at that point in time, Macho Man was with Elizabeth um and they were he was obsessed with her um second off it's obvious why macho man left he didn't want to leave the squared circle vince wanted to push a young younger talent and wanted macho man on the microphone so macho left that's that's it i mean if you have brain cells you can figure it out <laughs> why are you why is this even a thing? Um, John, what's yours? My favorite conspiracy theory has got to be the Montreal Screwjob. I love how divisive the topic is. Even amongst people in the business. You got, like, Scott Hall. Fully is fully on the side of Brett knew that it was happening uh, Earl knew that it was happening Sean knew that it was happening and then there's others that aren't that way like Taker yeah like Taker <clears throat> like and it extends beyond the business it extends into the fandom as well how it's it's 
it's when the topic comes up, there's always a discussion that determines what side people fall on. Right. So because of that, and it's always kind of surprising when you find out who does and doesn't believe it. That's true. So I'd say the Montreal screw job, real or fake, or work or shoot, is my favorite conspiracy theory. Well, what do you think it is? I think it was a shoot. So do I. I think it was a shoot. I think Brett had no idea what was coming. Our next question. Craig dot Damien twenty four on Instagram. Oh Craig dot Damien. Okay. Said that question. Anyway. Okay. I thought that was a period that was ending a sentence. No. <laughs> you know how people get with their names on social media. I also know that you put a space after it, but that's alright. <laughs> Next question. Love you. Um Camilla Ruiz 71 on Instagram asks how to make the WWE tag division better and also asks how we feel about Miro in AEW so far. You want to start with Miro? Uh, I'll start with the tag team. Then you can talk tag team. Okay. So go for it. Uh, how you improve the tag team divisions in WWE. First off, you have... A bunch of your creative people watch the entire year of AEW Dynamite. <laughs> and that should probably fix it. But uh, anyway, um, you have to make it mean something. They've made, lately they've made Retribution, the Hurt Business majorly, even though they're not in a major title feud or have major titles. They've made them mean something. On right. SmackDown, they've made the Intercontinental title more prominent, and they've made um, the Roman Reigns thing big. You don't just give it a little bit of airtime. You give it, or like a meaningless tournament or whatever, you have to... Um, I mean, my first idea would be combining the tag team titles and allowing the tag teams to be on both shows. Yeah. Um because then you would have more competition. It's really hard to get into the tag teams anyway because of how, okay, you have like maybe four on each show, but how compelling is that when you're seeing the same match over and over and over and over and over and over again every week? It's, it's not compelling. Um, also, um, we have the New Day and the Street Profits as tag team champions right now. Which are more or less like lighthearted and uh, silly teams. Um, you know, uh, I just think that, you know, you need to give them proper airtime. You, you need to give them proper stories. And... Uh, Combine the titles so you have a wider pull. Um, I mean, they had they had War Machine or War Raiders or Viking Raiders before Hanson got hurt or Ivar or whatever the fuck his name is. They're one of the best tag teams in the world, and they were doing stupid shit with the Street Profits. Now, did I find it funny and entertaining? Yes, but did that make me care about the titles? 
Not at all. No. Not at all. You have to have competition. Real competition. John? Number one. Don't trade your current SmackDown Tag Champions to Raw and then trade your current Raw Champions to SmackDown and have them just switch titles. That's stupid. Very stupid. Number two. You don't have matches that determine whether or not a tag team gets to stay the fuck together. Number three. Remember that your tag teams exist. (laughs) Number four. Stop hiring anybody and everybody off the indie scene and sticking them in random dumbass tag teams and start building ones that you already have. Nakamura and Cesaro. And then you had The Bar. And then you had... Well, The Bar like, has the same people. That's what I'm saying. Cesaro's been in, like, how many different tag teams? Right. When Cesaro should be Universal Champion right now. Yeah. Stop forming random tag teams with two single stars. Right. Right. The the biggest thing to me right now is what they just did with the draft. It it was mind-bogglingly stupid. Right. I mean, if they were going to do that, that was the perfect time to have one match between New Day and Street Profits combining the titles and the New Day bestowing the 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 torch to the Street Profits. Yeah. But anyway, Miro and AEW you want to do the three, two, one thing? Three, two, one. Shit. Bad. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Why is he in a tag team at all, first of all? And second of all, why is it with Kip Sabian? Third of all, why is he a heel? Or is he a heel? Why is his whole persona based on his Twitch stuff? I get that that's what he did in between wrestling jobs and that's great and they can promote that another way but why is that his character uh miro is a badass he's big he doesn't wrestle like other big men who wrestle now he doesn't do flips and all that shit he's a traditional big man and he could have quickly come on the scene and made a huge statement. Yeah. Uh, They're not going to get Kip Sabian over with him. And so far, the pairing has been a disservice to Miro. Um, Commentary's not doing him favors either. Well, the first match he had, they, they, they overstated every single minute thing he did. Which annoyed me. Yeah. I'm like, okay, are you going to tell me when he breathes? Like, you, when you see his chest heave? I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, Miro should cut ties with Kip <clears throat> Sabian during his wedding and go on a different character path. And, and if he's going to be a heel, he needs to be a heel. He needs to start destroying people. He needs to destroy guys like Darby, Cody, Moxley, people that the fans love. 
You need to have him just wreck shit. F shit, have him join Team Taz. Why not? Have him go up against Archer. That'd be good, too. That'd be good, too. But, I mean, like, he needs to turn on Sabian during the wedding or the best man thing. Yeah. And just go in a different direction. Because I'll tell you what, this is the first... This is really the first thing AEW has done that I, is not clicking with me at all. In even the slightest. Like the Nightmare Collective or the, the whatever right. shit Brandy Rhodes had. Like that was weird, but it wasn't shit. This is shit. Absolute. Bad stuff. Next question. Anna Parade on Facebook asks, Early Rumble Predictions... Also, will the Butcher get another shot at the AEW title, or does his long-term success depend on the pandemic? Starting with early Rumble predictions, I would love to see, I think, I'd like to see Randy Orton win. Why? Because this feud with Keith Lee was pretty good. The feud with Drew McIntyre is stellar. At the same time, I'd love to see Keith Lee win. There's a few people. I'd love to see... I'll tell you what would be awesome. Have a shock entrant from NXT come in and win the whole thing. Like... Like, well, okay, he probably wouldn't win, but you know who would be a good person to put in there? Cameron Grimes. It'd be interesting as hell mm -hmm. if Finn Balor did. If Finn Balor did, yeah. Um, if we're just talking about who's going to win the matches... I mean, yeah. My first instinct on the male side is Big E. There's a reason why they split up the New Day. They yeah. are going to go all in on Big E as a singles competitor, and they have enough time till January or whatever to build him up, and he could win the uh, Royal Rumble. As for the women, uh, I'd love to see Io Shirai oh, win yeah, yeah. and take on Asuka. Yeah. Um, as for surprise entrances, this year, it was supposed to happen last year, but for some reason didn't. This year, Victoria has to come back, and she has to go in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Please, please, please. I fully agree with you. Let's, now, on to uh, The Butcher. Uh, I don't think it had to do with the pandemic. It had to do with the Eddie Kingston storyline. Uh, I do believe out of the Butcher and the Blade, the Butcher uh, in in the future will be the Shawn Michaels to the Blade's Marty Jannetty, as everyone likes to say. Um, I could see the Blade getting back with his wife, Allie, and being that while the Butcher takes on a singles role. Will he get another shot at the t the main title? Depends on how well he does on his own. Uh, but I could definitely see him as a TNT title contender. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think eventually he'll get another opportunity. I mean, it's got, I mean, you don't have everybody under the sun on that roster. You got to... Eventually, you're going to start dipping into the same pot twice. 
Right. So, uh, and we're only going into year two. Yeah. So. I I I could see him winning winning some random battle royal at some point and getting a shot. Yeah, it all depends on if they ever break up the tag team. Let's go. Here's a good one. Irksome Highlander on Instagram asks, what direction is NXT going with the title since Balor is injured? In my opinion, lock it in a lead safe and bury it in some Native American burial ground somewhere to appease the gods because the thing is cursed. I mean, straight up, especially, maybe not before, but this year, for sure. You got Karrion Cross on the shelf. You got Finn Balor on the shelf now. I don't know, but as a serious answer, I'd say you start looking at Adam Cole again. You start looking at Tommaso Ciampa again. Reignite that fear, because it was awesome. Maybe, maybe somebody beats Damian Priest for the North American title and he enters that picture. Uh, we're probably knowing WWE, we're probably going to get a tournament to determine like who's going to fight for it at the next takeover or whatever. But yeah. Um, my answer to that question is or statement or whatever. Uh, they're not saying anything about it. They're not doing anything about it yet. The injury m might not be that long. So maybe they just build up other things on TV while Finn Balor's out. And then they bring the... What do I want to say here? Okay. The attention back to the NXT title. Yeah. Which is completely plausible. As last week, they did the women's number one contender match. Loray got it. Uh, Johnny Gargano got the number one contendership to Priest's title, North American title. So they could fo they could completely focus on them, and maybe even the cruiserweight division, while Finn's jaw is getting better. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think they want to take it off of him and. Do everything that they just did all over again. Right. And I think it would be dumb of them, too. Um, just let Finn have it until he comes back, and then he can defend it again. That's what I think. Sounds good to me. That's a good answer. Thanks, John. Appreciate the compliment. <laughs> uh, let's get right into it. Alpha Human 19 on Instagram says best German wrestler of all time. Well, Alpha Human, I know you're from Germany, but it's a very small pull to pick from uh, from wrestlers in Germany. Um the man that I'm going to go with, uh, if you don't know him, he's renowned. Um, his name's Karl Gotch. Now, he was born in Belgium, but he grew up in Hamburg, Germany. 
Uh, he trained at the famous Snake Pit in Britain. Um, he came over to the United States. He was doing well. He got the territorial championship in Ohio. And at the time, Buddy Rogers was the champion of the NWA and wouldn't give him an opportunity. This led to many arguments and eventually Carl Gotch beat the shit out of him. Shoot. And no one wanted to do anything with him in the States. So he went to Japan and he made such an impact in Japan that they called him uh, the God of re Pro Wrestling. Uh, while he was in Japan, uh, he trained Tatsu Tatsumi Fujinami, Antonio Inoki, Hiro Matsuda, Osama Kido, Satoru Sayama, the first Tiger Mask, uh, and Yoshiaki Fujiwara. Um, he did uh, come back to the States and worked for Vince McMahon Sr., uh, his last major title was New Japan's Real World Heavyweight title, which he won in 1972. Um, he, he's, he was very big. Uh, as He's one of the people that, uh, that people reference to as one of the masters of catch-as-catch-can wrestling. And um, yeah, that's, that's who I would say is the best German wrestler of all time. You also have guys like Axel Dieter Jr., Alex Wright, um, a lot of newer guys. Uh, a lot of people would answer that with Walter, uh, and though he did make the, his name for himself in Germany, he's Austrian. So, yeah, uh, I'd say the best German wrestler of all time is Karl Gotch. Now, in your honorable mentions, you actually... You actually mentioned my answer. Because my answer is none other than Alex Wright. Known as Das Wunderkid in WCW. Um, if you don't know Alex Wright, I guarantee you've seen GIFs of him dancing. Because the Alex Wright dance became pretty much a meme in the wrestling world recently. I met him at the place where you work. Really? That's yeah. hilarious. When they opened, they had like a bunch of different people throughout like the months to uh to like promote nice uh they had the undertaker there that's i awesome. met him uh alex wright which is hysterical wwf <laughs> at the time sends the undertaker and wcw sends alex Wright. um i just got another question okay well hold on i got i don't know okay go ahead so, Alex Wright was discovered by WCW um, when they did a tour in Germany in 94. Uh, immediately upon hitting the scene in WCW, he was well-liked. He quickly became a fan favorite. And he eventually left and came back under a heel persona known as Berlin, where he had his complete shaved head he kind of looked like Karrion Cross. Yeah. does now. Yeah. When he was brilliant. He came on in this long, like, shiny leather trench coat, sunglasses, and when, and as Berlin, he just beat the ever-loving shit out of people. Now, you might, if you're, 
if you're familiar with Alex Wright and you're like, why is John picking Alex Wright? Let me let me put this in perspective for you. At the time, WCW is beating WWE in the ratings. This man, three weeks in a row from Germany, okay, made it to this promotion is and is on their main show. Not just on the main show, but winning titles like the Cruiserweight title and the television title. So that's a pretty big deal for any wrestler, but a German wrestler in particular. I think at the time he definitely put eyes on the German scene. Definitely. I think, uh, and I think if, if, if he were still around today, he he's alive, but he's not in the business anymore. I think I could definitely see him being a promoter for WXW if he was still around. I'm sure he would be. I don't. He might. He I don't might know. Be. You don't know. I think I could definitely see him working with like Rev Pro or Progress or any of those places because he, he was actually British German. His father was British. His father was a British wrestler named Steve Wright mm-hmm. and who pretty much trained him. So, right. uh, but yeah, that's Alex Wright and Carl Gotch. So we're sitting here recording this and an anonymous person just messaged me. I'm not going to tell you who, but they asked... Out of your least favorite New Japan Pro Wrestling competitors, who do you begrudgingly think is the most talented? I'm going to answer first. It's probably going to be the same. It's probably going to be the same. Because the G1 has shed a light upon this person that has never before been seen. I would say it started at at the New Japan Cup. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Whenever he, sc- whenever he screwed our fucking brackets so bad. Yeah, he did. But, I mean, it's got to be Tai Chi. The Holy Emperor. It's got to be Tai Chi. I mean, yeah, it started with the New Japan Cup, but this G1 has done nothing but great things for Tai Chi. Not just Tai Chi, but the World Tag Team Champions in a, in general. Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi are yeah, killed it this and year. Like, we all knew how good Zack Sabre Jr. was, but the matches he's having on the B-Block, he's knocking it out of the goddamn park and so is tai chi even in defeat tai chi is being amazing right now right like he's gonna be the one taking over suzuki gun when minoru suzuki leaves whether you like it or not um and yeah tai chi is is the answer i'm i'm gonna give a shout out to yoshihashi as well because he is i think this g1 he's proven a lot of people wrong agreed So, where are we going to next? Oh, if you want to, or actually, I'll get you the question if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. We did that one. We did that one. Okay. Uh, a story. A story by B on Instagram. That's our friend Brandon. Oh, Montgomery. oh yeah. I just saw from that. the That's talking suplex blog. Thoughts on ROH Pure Tournament and who ROH should build around. Should build around. The ROH Pure Tournament is awesome. A breath of fresh air. Total breath of fresh air. It is such a relief that ROH is a company worth following closely again. Um, 
So yeah, it it it's amazing. The ROH Pure Title, Pure the ROH Pure Title Tournament is amazing. As for who ROH should build around, Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, build uh, around Jonathan Gresham. We said last week that we believe he should win this tournament, um, but I will also say, Ring of Honor has always been a place where young talent is groomed and makes a huge name for themselves and then they go elsewhere. Yeah. Um, this didn't happen with Dalton Castle. He stayed. Uh, Jay Lethal came back. I think if you're going to build around people, you build around that younger crop of talent, most of which we've seen in this tournament. Yeah. Josh Gresham. Woods, Rust, Rust Taylor, Tracy Williams, Who's not that young, but whatever. Yuda. Fred Yehi, Willer Yuda, um, Tony Deppin. Uh, before oh, Tony Deppin, the R guy that you bought a company around. Before ROH went away, we got to see Alex Zane and Danhausen. Uh, I don't know exactly what they're going, what they're doing with them now. If there's any contracts or whatever, but if they landed Danhausen, boom. As far as I can tell, Alex Zane is sticking with New Japan Strong for a while. But we do know that New Japan Strong, I mean, New Japan and ROH have that very tight-knit relationship. Yeah. So, I could see that. Uh, but, man, if they landed Danhausen and, and somehow could get his friend Warhorse, boom. Boom. But, yeah, that's that's what they should do. Okay. Dave Spieler on Facebook asks, or wants to talk about, the ratings between AEW versus NXT. Do you believe we are in a very similar situation to the Monday Night War? And I'm going to say no. No. It's, I mean, I could see why people say that, but I don't think this war ever really existed in the first place um there's many reasons one wrestling ever since beyond the mat came out and all everyone found out that kayfabe was a thing and wrestling isn't real wrestling has not been the same and it will never be the same yeah you also have things like dvr and Hulu and wherever else you also have illegal pirating. <laughs> um, so no, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, we run a wrestling pro podcast, but we rarely contribute to those numbers because we work during them. Yeah. So whatever people like to talk about it like it is. But it really isn't. Yeah, NXT I mean, isn't going to be bought by AEW like WCW was bought by WWE. You're, that, that shit's not going to happen. Yeah. AEW is going to exist and NXT is going to exist irregardless or regardless of each other. So, yeah. And... The situation is not helped at all by people like Brian Alvarez tweeting about the ratings every Thursday. 
Um, if either company cared about the business, they would put them on two different days because roughly the same people are watching those shows. Yeah, the numbers are not varying very much at all anymore. They were for a while. Um, I would like to talk a little bit about the ratings because AEW saw a pretty big bump this week, specifically during Cody versus Orange Cassidy. Well, the past year, AEW has had the better ratings than NXT. Yeah. Like, almost, almost every week. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, my main point here is you still got people out there that claim that Orange Cassidy isn't a draw. And they're being proven wrong by math every week. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when the show is hitting a dip and then Orange Cassidy comes on and it's going up again... Orange Cassidy is a draw, and he's one of the top draws, and I hope and pray that that makes Jim Cornette furious. Ha! <laughs> Let's go right in on it. Uh, Logus Jabes on Instagram says, will CM Punk ever come back? Logus Jabez, right? Logus Jabez, yeah. Will CM Punk ever come back? I'm going to take this first. Uh, CM Punk... uh, Took his ball and went home. He then did a major podcast with a supposed best friend where he did a tell-all. And in that tell-all... It doesn't seem like things are good between him and the people who run WWE. Yeah. He then threw that supposed best friend under the bus in court. CM Punk has always been this man of integrity, but there's a lot of holes in that. Um, so when he says he doesn't want to come back or ever come back, I don't really take his word for much anymore. Uh, now, we do know that he was on WWE backstage, but he was being, his bosses were Fox, not WWE. We see him on Twitter where he critiques wrestling from time to time. Um, if CM Punk still had the passion for wrestling, he would have already come back at All In. He would have yep. wrestled in his hometown of Chicago for AEW. He would have joined AEW. He would have even went to New Japan to wrestle Will Ospreay, who he mentions all the time, who he would want to wrestle if he came back. The other people who he's mentioned has been John Cena and other big names so he could get a payout. Um, Do I think CM Punk will ever come back? Because he didn't take the AEW offer, because I've never seen him in New Japan yet, because of all the other things... I would have to say no, but you never say never in pro wrestling. The Ultimate Warrior was pretty much like way out of the fucking picture to where they made a smear DVD about him, Uh, but then he came back. So if he ever does come back, it will be much farther down the line 
you will be way older than you are right now and and, and it will be for one company and that will be for WWE. Yeah. Yeah, because um yeah. I mean, WWE is where you go to get the the paycheck and then leave. If if you go with AEW, you're going to be expected to be around for a while. Same with New Japan. I mean, Vince thinks nothing of paying somebody a million dollars for one show a year. Brock. Um, <coughs> it's just obvious that he doesn't have the passion for it anymore. And if he doesn't have yeah. the passion for it anymore, leave the fucking guy alone. Like, let's stop talking about CM Punk. He was great while he lasted. Yeah, so... Fuck it. And, then, and We could look at other things now. This isn't directed at the person that asked the question. Right. Just in general. The answer is no. And anybody that does shows like this is sick of answering that question. But Sorry. we do appreciate the question. We do appreciate the and question. And we appreciate you listening. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with asking that question right now. Right. Um, so le- going off of that, um, Chip Woods on Facebook wanted our thoughts on AEW as a whole. Uh, so we just hit the anniversary, the one-year anniversary. John, I'm going to let you go first. All right. I mean, as a whole, AEW as a whole is getting an overwhelmingly positive reaction from me. Uh, there are things that I nitpick. I mean, we talked about Miro earlier in this episode. We talked about the women's Some division of the stuff that misses but the thing is you're not going to like everything that every wrestling company does and every wrestling show is going to be hit and miss but AEW is hitting a lot more often than they're missing um I mean by and large letting Matt Hardy be Matt Hardy letting Chris Jericho be Chris Jericho uh letting John Moxley be John Moxley Letting, letting Omega do what he does, and that's really what it is. It it's a company where they let the wrestlers be the wrestler that they are. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of what is so positive about it. Uh, the inclusivity is super positive. Um, the fact that their YouTube shows you had a woman's champion. Who is a Native American and transgender speaks volumes. The fact that you feature a and also the fact that they never mentioned African American slash um, Arab gay man who identifies as he and she on your roster is amazing. Uh, the whole thing with the autistic people or fans, I mean is amazing what they do for women's women fans with AEW heels is amazing um the resurgence of managers um i I mean like to me AEW is my favorite company yeah and it's the equal pay uh they talked about at their first uh, rally or whatever, and all those things, um, 
it just seems like in my moral compass they're the company that I want to support. Yeah. Now that's whole separate from me actually supporting them. I support them because they're great at what they do. Like you said, letting wrestlers be who they are and letting them be creative performers. Uh, I mean, who, who, if you only watch WWE, who would have thought that Luke Harper could be Brody Lee? Um, it's, it gets a lot of flack for like, oh, it's just a place where uh, WWE rejects go. Okay, they're not rejects. Yeah. Because none of them were fired. Mm -hmm. They all waited out their contracts and they decided not to sign back with WWE. Number one. Number two. Can I say number two? Sure. <laughs> number two. WWE's current roster is built on the backs of the indie wrestling scene. TNA Impact, Ring of Honor, WCW, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, did, did I mention Ring of Honor? Yes. Yeah. But it should be mentioned twice. It should be mentioned twice. Because for a long time, the entire NXT roster was Ring of Honor people. The yeah. entire roster. Not <laughs> some. Not the big names. Everyone. Right. <laughs> um, stardom, too. When yeah. wrestlers stop working for a company, they go to another company. Right. What, you don't want them to have jobs? I, I don't get that. Um, but also... No, they don't want them to work with Cody. That's what it is. Cody gets more heat from wrestling fans than pedophiles Yeah, in wrestling. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean... But that's a whole nother show. Uh, so, every time... Every time I see Tony Khan on anything, he was on a shot of Brandy recently. He has appeared on being the elite. He unrestricted. Unrestricted. Everything I see from Tony Khan makes me think, huh, that seems like a cool guy to work for. And everyone who's talked about it says the same thing. Yeah. So, AEW's number one. Yeah. Chip. <laughs> for me right now. It... it at least as far as the United States is concerned. Correct. So what else do we got? What else do we got? Uh, we're coming down to the end here. Um, oh. Mindless underscore yeah. one ninety nine on Instagram wanted us to talk about the three musketeers of New Japan Pro Wrestling. The original three musketeers were Chono, Muda, and Hashimoto. But Mindless One wanted us to talk about the early 2000s three musketeers and the resurgence of New Japan Pro Wrestling. These three guys, or rookies at the time, were pushed. Uh, their names, you might know them. Uh, Katsuyori Shibata, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um... All of these guys' careers went in different different ways, but they are all very successful. Um, speaking of Shibata, Shibata was 
best friends with Goto in high school and uh, came into New Japan. He was, he's known as the wrestler. And if you've ever watched him wrestle, you'll understand why. He could, he could keep up with and outsmart Zack Sabre Jr. He could strike with Ishii. He was like a never open weight uh, staple. And he ended up leaving New Japan for a time. Uh, went to work in Noah with a and did some MMA. And in Noah, he found a tag partner named Sakuraba, who's who was an MMA um, an MMA fighter, and he was known as the Gracie Killer. Whenever Shibata came back, he brought Sakuraba back, which was pretty cool. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi um, is one in a one in a million. Uh, the guy's work ethic and passion, not just for the business, but for the people who watch it is unrivaled. Um, when I first saw Hiroshi Tanahashi, I didn't get it, but years later, uh, after watching his match with Kenta in the G1, I was crying. Yeah. Hiroshi Tanahashi put New Japan on his back and and brought that resurgence. Shinsuke Nakamura. I think Tonahashi also brought brought a whole new fan base into New Japan. Right. Or well, he's one of the people that did. I think he did it with for Japan. Like with the Japanese crowd. Yeah. Um, but when you're talking about the other thing, I would say it goes to Shinsuke Nakamura. When Shinsuke Nakamura found his character... Uh, when he came back from excursion, um, it was like Freddie Mercury. Where did he do his excursion, by the way? CMLL, uh, mixed with um, Michael Jackson, but he was hitting harder than anyone, and he was it was amazing. It was he was the king of strong style. That caught Americans' eyes, but uh, I would say. That the resurgence for New Japan really came when Jeff Jarrett uh, gave them the platform of going on pay-per-view Wrestle Kingdom for, Nine for Amer in America as well. Um, Wrestle Kingdom Nine was the first um, was the first New New Japan Pro Wrestling show that I watched right when it happened. Right, I had seen some stuff before, but. I mean, I I have to thank Jeff Jarrett every day for for my love of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And when I saw Shinsuke Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom 9, he had that entrance where um, the whole stage was on fire. He was wearing this giant crown. He had this king's this king-like robe on. Didn't hurt that the fucking match he had with Ibushi was amazing. And and called by Jim fucking Ross. <laughs> who was at who was better at the time than he is now uh, <laughs> um yeah i mean i saw shinsuke nakamura and my eyes were wide and my jaw hit the floor and i was like i need to follow this man and this company for the rest of my life right <laughs> like that's what now <laughs> i'll say i'll say this tanahashi was more in the heavyweight scene uh 
Nakamura was also there. He held that title, but he more so made the IC title what it is um, until Naito. But um, in Katsuyori Shibata, when he came back, he they, they were moving him out of the never scene. And he, he, he won the New Japan Cup. And he wrestled the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. And... He headbutted Okada, and this has pretty much ended his in-ring wrestling career, which is super sad because he had so much left to give. But speaking on that, he is giving back because he is the leader of the LA Dojo in New J- of New Japan. He also was involved in bringing Kenta to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes, and they were going to have a great feud, but then they said that he couldn't wrestle. I said still. no. Um... But Shibata's doing great. Shinsuke Nakamura, of course, he's in WWE, getting a nice-ass paycheck. But if you are a Nakamura fan and you haven't watched his stuff from Japan or, or anything before WWE, WWE, there you go. go watch him. He's completely different in the ring. Um, and Tanahashi, he's a fucking legend. He's a fucking legend. He's a god. Yeah. So, um... And he's another one that was, uh... Having a rough go of things before this year's G1. And... Is... Where Tai Chi and Yoshiashi are proving people wrong. Um... I think Tonahashi's proving people right. Yeah. People... He's proving everyone that didn't give up on him correct. And the other thing is, just for the end of this part, this question, I think it's weird that they called them the Three Musketeers uh, because Tanahashi, Nakamura, and Shibata's relationship, at least on screen, it was never really like a faction or anything. Chono and Muda and Hashimoto were. They, They did a lot of things together and... They paid a lot. Uh, Chono and Muda, um, Mudo, as you want to say his real name, uh, paid a lot of tribute to Hashimoto after he died. Um, they, they and Chono and Mudo were in NWO. Um, Tanahashi, for the most part, was never really in a stable. Uh, Nakamura was in chaos. Shibata was kind of on a, on his own. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, um, he he's like technically a member of of Taguchi uh, Japan. <laughs> like, he's listed on Wikipedia as a member, but like, he's never in those tags. He's no. never like. <laughs> but yeah, he's the ace of the universe, and you'll and you'll do well to goddamn remember that. There's, <laughs> there are three, but they definitely are three of the best uh, Japanese wrestlers. Best wrestlers. Uh, in our time. Yeah. Just wrestlers. No category needed. So we have Brian's question. Yeah. We have... So, Brian... His question. Brian... Oh, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll do the quarantine one first. Okay. Uh, so... Break it down for yeah. yourself, because it's hard. So, uh... I'm going to go with Sudda 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 Babacity. 
<laughs> Sadababa City or whatever oh, Sadababa your City. Instagram name is. You know we know you. We interact with you. But god damn, your name is so hard to fucking pronounce. Uh, wrestlers stuck in other countries and how they're doing with quarantine. Um, it seems like things are getting easier. I mean, being able to get Jay White over and Kenta over for the G1 was a big step forward for New Japan right now. Um, when I think about this question, I immediately think of Pete Dunne and Jamie Hayter and Will Ospreay. Yeah. Those three individuals Penta and Phoenix have done so much on themselves workout-wise. Um, we saw Tony Storm come back, and she's in great shape. Um, ROH wrestler and a breakout luchador bandito was wrestling in CMLL because he was stuck in Mexico, but he's injured now. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it seems that slowly but surely wrestlers are coming back to where they need to be or where they want to be rather. And, uh, it's pretty awesome. It, it's awesome to see Osprey 30 pounds heavier, but still doing the same moves. Uh, you look at Jamie Hayter, and she's just amazing looking right now. From, I mean, she was amazing looking before, but she's done Let's a lot of work. Pete was... Dunn is cut as fuck. Yeah. And looking at like AEW, I was ecstatic when Pentagon and Phoenix came back. Um, I was ecstatic when TH2 TH2 came back. Like those were two teams, especially TH2 more so that I didn't realize how much I missed until I saw them come back. Right. TH2 is so damn good. But yeah, as for how people are dealing with quarantine, um, the couple interviews that we've done during this thing with Rohit Raju. And uh, so in De La Renta, um, they're just, they're living at the gym, man. <laughs> That's yep. what they're doing. And they're working on side hustles <laughs> and they're having good time with their family. And, yeah. you know, so, yeah. So, uh, an ultimate question. Yeah. Oh, we have two more. Yeah, right? two more. So, Brian Tessier, uh, I believe that's how you say your last name. He's my homie. Um, he asked, Love to hear what you both think about the influx of talent in the NXT women's division right now. Is it too crowded? Now, thinking about it, you have Candice LeRae. Well, you have Io Shirai, who's the champion. You have Rhea Ripley, a former champion. You have Candice LeRae, who's number one contender. Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, Shotzi Blackheart, Aaliyah, Zia Lee, Caden Carter, Casey Catanzaro, Catanzaro, um, fuck, uh, Tony Storm, Ember Moon. That's 12 off the top of my head. Yeah. That's a lot. And there's a lot of them that aren't on TV very often. Yeah. <laughs> That being Xylee, Caden Carter, and uh, Kat and Zaro. Yeah. Um, 
I think what they're doing with Kai and Gonzalez is good. I think what they've been doing with Ray is good. Uh, Shirai, good. Candice LeRae, good. Shotzi Blackheart, great. Shotzi Blackheart is WWE's next top female star. Um, I'll say that outright. Tony Storm coming back, great. Ember Moon coming back, great. But I can understand the question. Because who's going to get lost in the shuffle? It's a two-hour show every week. And, you know, Kai and Gonzalez has had this big push for a while. Are they just going to get thrown to the wayside? Is the Robert right. Stone brand going to get thrown to the wayside? What exactly is going to happen with Rhea? You know, she's in kind of a weird spot. Um, Candice LeRae keeps getting shots, but they won't put the title on her for some reason, which is kind of bullshit. Um, it's not kind of bullshit, it's bullshit. Yeah. Um, but right now, in this moment, I don't think it's it's bad or overcrowded yeah but it definitely could be like it it definitely could turn into something we won't like yeah and when you look at it compared to aew it's the division's better the division's better <laughs> the, the division's better uh i'm sorry but that that swollen sheeta match was not good it wasn't the best, but I wouldn't say it was bad. Um, I mean, the 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 low point on the anniversary show was definitely Miro and Kip Sabian. Oh, yeah. Uh, that shouldn't have been on the show at all. shouldn't have been on the show at all. They could have given more time to Cassidy and Cody, I thought. They could have given more time to Moxley and Archer. Um, but anyway, back to the Back to the women. Yeah, the women that are the main focus in AEW are fantastic, but, I mean, by and large, I, I miss the hell out of Chris Statlander. Um, We're talking about NXT, though. I know we are. I'm comparing. I mean, my answer for NXT is that it's not too crowded. What does that even mean? I, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know what else you want me to say. Uh, I think that the influx of talent is good. I think Ember Moon returning and going to NXT was the right move. I think Tony being on NXT and not NXT UK is the right move. Uh, I think Io Shirai is the best female wrestler in the world right now. Uh, but yeah. The NXT women's division is damn good. And... If there is this competition between the two companies, take notes. <laughs> Move on. So our final question. Our final question comes to us from Danny Fedor, who is an admin of the Facebook group Pro Wrestling Talk Now and Then. Uh, what do we think of what Will Ospreay did and who do we think will be in his new faction? If you haven't watched the A Block final yet, I'm sorry. Spoilers ahead. Will oh. Osprey. First of all, fuck IWL. 
fuck IWL. Because it broke on Twitter just yesterday that that whole thing with Pollyanna and get her and Will Ospreay getting her blackballed from the company was bullshit. Total bullshit. They almost ruined a man's career. And they almost. They almost drove him to suicide. And it's on the hands of what the hell is his name? Gary Vander, whatever the fuck your dumbass name is. Like I'll call you out right here. Fuck you. If 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 you ask me, Will Osprey has grounds to sue both your asses, but he probably won't. He'll probably burn the bridge and move on and never work for your pissant company again. <clears throat> and in dealing with this false criticism from other people, it was hinted at during the whole G1, and Rocky Romero even said it on one of the episodes. He didn't like how confident or cocky Osprey was getting. Yeah. Uh, and they, they were teasing this the whole time. And finally, on the final of A Block, it happened. John, what happened? What happened, Tim? What happened is Will Osprey. Did he win? Yeah, he won. Will Ospreay defeated his stable's leader. And the guy who brought him into chaos. And the guy that brought him into chaos. He then, after the match... Whoa, whoa. How how did he beat him? Well, I don't remember the guy's name. From Um, Rev Pro, (laughs) the guy's name is The Great O'Conn. But he's being referred to as his real name, which escapes me. But B Priestley was there. She uh, like halfway through the match. Yeah, she distracted the ref, and the Great O'Karn claw slammed Okada, and this gave Osprey the win. And then afterwards, John, Will Osprey got back in the ring and hit Okada with the most brutal hidden blade we've seen since he started using the move. And he said Okada was the one always standing in the way or keeping Osprey down. Uh, post-match, I believe he said that he said, he's out of chaos well, and he's forming his own faction. Yeah. And when he beat up Okada, he said, you held me back. You always held me back. Exploitive, 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 exploitive. You hold me back. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I think it's fucking fantastic that Osprey is doing this. I think as a heel, he's going to the goddamn moon, to quote Cameron Grimes. <laughs> For um, I think B. Priestley being on New Japan Pro Wrestling is good, because Bushi Road has, rela- has, has New Japan and stardom, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, it would be really cool... To see Carl Fredericks come back and his in real life girlfriend, Jamie Hayter, who is one of the top gaijins with B. Priestley, be in that group. Uh, I could see Robbie Eagles defecting from Chaos and joining yeah, Osprey. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was already in Bullet Club, so. I mean, and he Osprey. Has the capacity to be bad. And Osprey is the one that brought him into Chaos. Yep. Also, I could see I could see this being 
a, a, a launching pad, maybe not a launching pad, but a, um, where the Rev Pro and New Japan relationship really, really takes off. Osprey could bring in a few talents from Rev Pro, uh, you know, and have them go back and forth. Um, now, I wanted to talk about something else about Osprey and where I think his character is going. First of all, this is going to be Will Osprey's magnum opus. 100%. I mean, yeah. this is going to be the thing that solidifies him as a legend for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, and you know why? Because at Wrestle Kingdom, he's winning the Intercontinental title. Yeah. He's either winning the Intercontinental title or the Heavyweight Championship. Somehow, Okada is going to get one of those titles, and Osprey's going to wrestle him for it. We got Power Struggle coming up. There's a lot of shit going on in Bullet Club. Now there's a lot of shit going on with Chaos and this stuff. I mean, we got we got betrayals going on back and forth. Lij, who knows what's going to happen there? We haven't seen B Block Final yet, but I mean, you have to consider Naito, Sonata, Evil, J, Osprey, and Okada as the top six right now, and those guys are going to have the top three matches of the Wrestle Kingdom card in January, uh, on January fourth. Uh, where, what titles will be involved, I'm not sure, but it, it has to happen. Uh, it would also be cool if maybe during Power Struggle and like the uh, World Tag League and all that stuff, Osprey and Okada get it out of their system, and Sonata, or like I said, maybe Osprey gets the IC title from somebody else, and uh -huh. Okada and Sonata have a match for the heavyweight title at Wrestle Kingdom and Sonata wins and he finally beats Okada. There's a lot of ways it can go, but rest assured, those six guys are headlining Wrestle Kingdom and Osprey is going to leave Wrestle Kingdom with a title. That's it. I don't think there's anything else to say. Nope. I mean this this is Will Osprey's launching pad. Yep. So And it's about time. Thank you all for contributing. Uh, when we do this again, please contribute again. Uh, thank you all for the questions and the topics. We hope you enjoyed this episode. So wherever you are in the world, whether it's morning, noon, or night, you have a great one, and peace and love to all of you. Bang! Bang.